Welcome into the Scoop on Life. I'm Chase. That's Lauren. So glad you're joining us this week. We have got a very good show lined up for you today. We have got Dr. Sharon Ford uh, on the Scoop on Life with us. She is the program director for foster care and adoption for Focus on the Family. And uh, in this role, she helps raise awareness of the need for adoptive families to provide loving and stable homes for more than 100,000 waiting children in the U.S. foster care system. Dr. Ford, thanks for taking time with us today. Oh, Chase and Lauren, thank you for having me on your program today. Greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. I just mentioned that number, 100,000 waiting children in the foster care system. Uh, tell us a little bit about why this number is so large and, and just a little bit about the foster care system. Well, first of all, the number so large because those children weren't able to go back home to their birth families safely. And so um, child welfare, state government, you're in every state, your local communities, child welfare has the responsibility to um, provide services to families who unfortunately have had their children be abused or neglected. That service plan that is developed is hopefully um, intact so that a family does their work, works on their issues, so that they, their kids can come back home. Sometimes families stop working on their issues and they say, you know, I've had enough, I'm not gonna do it. And so government terminates the parental rights. Sometimes families say, you know what, I, I, I choose to let go. I, I, I've got my own garbage, I've got my own stuff and I can't, I can't do this anymore. And I want somebody else who's willing to love on my child to do that on my behalf. And so those families relinquish their rights to child welfare so that their child can go on. Sometimes when there's that relinquishment, it's because that birth mom says, you know what, I see something in that foster family, the way that they're loving and caring for my child, I can't do that. And they're doing it so well. That's what I want for my babies. And so they relinquish and um, the state, you know, makes those families available, makes those children available for hopefully for adoption. And um, we just need more families. Yeah. We need more families. You know, there are over 400,000 children who are in foster care. Many of those children will go back to their birth families. But for that 100,000 who have not been able to go back, I want you to know that government today is looking for families who will open their hearts and open their homes and said, yes, God has called me to step into this messiness to parent a child that didn't grow in my womb, but this child will grow in my heart and I can love them the same with the gospel's message because God said he took me in when nobody wanted me. And you know what? That's what these kids need, someone to take them in and to love them just like the gospel says that we should. Yeah, and so along those lines, Dr. Ford, is adoption slash foster care, one or the other, both, is it for everybody? And what are some of the challenges that you see most often in foster care and adoption in that system? I'm so glad you asked that. Is it for everybody? It's not. <laughs> Everybody's not called to be a foster parent. Everybody's not called to be an adoptive parent. Oh my gosh, if that's not your calling, don't do it. Go be a guardian at litem. Go bake the cake. Go bake the bread. Provide. Be the person who 
drives the kids to sports. Be the person who helps with the laundry, but don't be that foster parent because we don't need mean, grumpy, and evil people, you know, spewing ugliness into kids. Go do something else. Um, Everybody can do something. And my question to everyone is, what has God called you to do? And so there's something for everybody to do. um, And all of us can do it according to how God has called us to step into that space. So this is the other pro-life. This is that continuum of care. And so, yes, we think about the pre-board, but the space of foster care and the space of adoption of children in the foster care system, that is being pro-life too, speaking into lives of these children who need hope, who need help, who need nurturing and your love. So what is that? How does being pro-life and valuing all of life, these kids in the foster care system, like how does that change how we think and then ultimately act, um, you know, regarding foster care and adoption? Because as you just said, like everybody can do something. So how, how should our being pro-life and like you said, that being rooted in the gospel change how we think about the foster care system and then how we ultimately act? I think by being pro-life, um, it gives us a glimpse into um, the messiness of the world that we live in, that when we look at the scripture, God shows us clearly in the, in the Old and New Testament that people's lives weren't perfect. And so that's how we need to say, look at, not with the judgmental eye of these families who are broken, who are struggling, who are living in poverty and, and can't seem to get things right, who are putting their children at harm's way, that we shouldn't, as Christians, look with a judgmental eye, but that we should be looking through it through the gospel's eye and saying, what can I do? To, how would God use me to make a difference in somebody's life? That's being pro-life. Yeah. And, and so, like, I guess, how would you encourage someone um, who might be listening to this podcast who is a Christ follower who says, you know, maybe, maybe adoption, foster care, maybe it's for me, maybe it's not, I don't really know. I mean, would you just encourage them to pray, you know, seek counsel? Like, what's the best way to figure out, you know, ah, is this really something that I think I might be called to? Here's the top couple of things to do. Always pray. Right. Go read the scripture. Let that scripture meditate in your soul, in your mind. Talk to people who are walking the walk, who are already doing foster care, who have adopted children, so that you get a little glimpse into what they're dealing with on a day-to-day basis. Go talk to a licensed child placement agency. Hopefully there's a a Christian one, a faith-based one in your community that you can go to one of their orientations and they can share information about what is the process about becoming a foster parent? What about that background check? What about that home study, home assessment that will have to be done? Why about why are they going to come in and inspect your house to make sure it's safe for a child to come in and live there? You say, well, my family already lives there. We're doing fine. Yeah, but now you're bringing in another person who's under the custody of government And so government kind of needs to oversee to make sure things are okay. And so, gosh, God, is this what you're calling me into? And that prayer time is so critical. And stepping back and waiting to hear from God. But while you're um, hearing from God, he says, having done all that you can do. And part of that having done all that you can do is to gather information and talk to informed people so that you can make an informed gospel decision. 
And I think it's um, one thing that kind of was convicting to me uh, just through learning more about foster care and adoption system. Um, it wasn't until someone in my family um, started fostering that I realized that I'd been really passive, I guess, about how I thought about it and how I sought, you know, to serve in that way. So it's interesting to hear you say that, you know, it's definitely not for everybody to necessarily foster and adopt, but then to say, as Christ followers, we want to care and we want to show compassion and we want to be supportive mm-hmm. to families that do. And so how can I, you know, how can I serve them while they're filling that role? Mm-hmm. You know, the gospel says in James one twenty seven to take care of the widow and the orphan. But the Bible also says in the book of Psalms that he puts the, he sets the lonely in families. And so here God is saying, take care of the widow and the orphan. Take care is huge. Take care doesn't necessarily mean that you become the foster parent or you become the adoptive parent. How can we take care? Take care has has a long list of ways that we can take care of someone. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it might be buying that pair of cleats to that for that young person or that extra pair of tennis shoes if she's on the cheerleading team or those extra uniforms oh my they're not cheap because here's the foster parent who is called to it and that that's extra resources that they need to fan the flame that's in that young person to make good decisions to live a wholesome life for them to see that other people care for them even though they've had a messy background, that there are, there's the body of Christ that God is sending around them to nurture them and love them outside of just their Christian, their, their foster family. God has something for everybody. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's so, you know, so interesting to hear you say, like, we need to choose to be involved. You know, if we know families that are filling that role, whether through foster care mm-hmm. or already having had adopted. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you already mentioned this a little bit and talked to him a, a little bit, but how can, how can somebody like us or somebody who might be listening again as a Christ follower really tangibly support them? And I know you mentioned some of those things by the cleats, you know, support them by maybe letting them, you know, go out for dinner, babysitting the, the kids. So then got dinner. But what are some other ways that you've seen? Like, man, that was a really helpful thing for that foster family. You know, you just said something very important, buying um, the family dinner. When families step up and say, yes, I'll be a foster parent, they still need to have date night. Watch the children so that that couple can speak into their own marriage, have some time away. That is so, so critical. Hmm? Um, I think it's, if you're not a cook, you can buy a gift card and say, I'm going to, we're going to have pizza at your house tonight and I'm going to have it delivered. It's going to be all paid for. Here's the gift card. And, and you can do it when it's, you know, works into your schedule. Or if you really like lasagna, hey, I know a good lasagna place. You said, you notice that I'm not saying I would cook, right? <laughs> I will order that um, p- um, pan of lasagna with salad and breadsticks, and I'll, have, I'll pick it up and deliver it to your home to save that family one extra thing that they need to do in their lives so that they can have some time of quiet time in their home or, or that maybe they're um, – in, in the kitchen, I'm helping one of the kids with homework. And you know what? You're in the front room vacuuming the carpet, you know, That's so awesome. that they can spend um, more homework time, particularly during this time of being sheltered in when everybody's doing, everybody's at home doing homework together instead of sending the kids to school. So there's all kinds of ways that people can make a difference. And don't let families say, oh, no, I don't need help. 
that's not true. <laughs> All of us need help. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to be that kind of persistent person and say, you know what? I want to support you. I'm over here having coffee with you. If I weren't here having coffee, what would you be doing? Oh, you'd be doing the dishes? Tell you what, you keep having coffee, I'll wash the dishes. That's awesome. Well, Dr. Ford, we've been uh, talking about uh, all these ways that uh, people can be involved uh, with foster care and adoption. Uh, for those who, who may be thinking about this, may be a calling for them, what are some resources you would suggest kind of in preparation of, of getting started in foster care and adoption? One, I'd like to encourage them to go to our website, which is Wait No More. Dot org, waitnomore.org, and click on resources. We have several resources there, some of which are downloadable. They can just print from their computer, or they can send me an email, um, and I'll send them to them at no cost. They're wonderful little brochures. There's about eight of them that really will help them prepare, help equip them to becoming a foster or an adoptive family. Everyone should make an informed decision. They shouldn't go into this lightly. That's one thing. The second thing I encourage people to do is to read the book, The Connected Child by Dr. Karen Purvis. That's an awesome book. And it really talks about how the brain of a child who's been impacted by trauma works and how as we as adults really need to interact with that child differently and um, love on them differently. And so it's giving us some homework to do on us so that we can be a better parent and a better caregiver for that child. We want to connect with the child and not push children away. I think another thing that they could do is contact a local agency in their community. And all of them always have orientations. And now during this time of COVID, those orientations are being done virtually. So you don't even have to leave your home to be able to participate in one. There are workers who would love to have conversations with them about their hopes and their dreams and being um, someone who could touch a child's life in a positive way. That's awesome. Thank you so much for those resources, too. And uh, Dr. Sharon Ford from Focus on the Family. She's the program director for foster care and adoption. Thank you so much for taking time with us today. And thank you uh, so much just for your heart behind what you do uh, for raising awareness for foster care and adoption and, and working so closely with us. Thank you very much. Thank you. Chase and Lauren, thank you. It's a pleasure. A big thanks to Dr. Sharon Ford for taking time with us here for the scoop on life and we thank you for taking time to listen in this week I want to remind you of the ways you can keep up with the show on social media we are on facebook and instagram so just search for the scoop on life podcast hit the like button and you can keep up with all the great things we have going on here with the podcast um, also you can listen to us on apple podcast app we're also on spotify and on YouTube. So those are the three ways you can get the Scoop on Life. Uh, Apple Podcast, App, Spotify, and YouTube. Thanks again for taking time with us this week. We'll see you next week for more of the Scoop on Life.